Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is signed, sealed, Red Bull has won the Constructors' Championship for 2023. I think we saw that one coming. And now, only a Red Bull driver can win the Drivers' Championship. And I think we can see what's coming there as well. Um, But we are here to discuss the Japanese Grand Prix that happened very early this morning. And to join me, we have Abby. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm a bit tired. It's a bit strange doing a podcast this early, especially when it's a race review. But I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm also tired. I feel a bit jet lagged. But you were just telling me you've been up for every single session. So you've got up at 3 a.m. since Thursday. Yeah. But that's dedication. Yeah. That's dedication. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I just I caught the highlights of FP1, 2, and 3. Um, but we also have James. James, how are you? I'm right. I'm an hour ahead, so I'm a little bit less tired. But if it's any consolation, I will be tired uh, later because, yeah, I have to do uh, a shift tonight that will see me stay up till 4 a.m. Wow. So that's, uh, yeah, that's going to be a long day for you. So, well, let's crack on. We always start the show with our weekend ratings. So how would we rate this Japanese Grand Prix weekend out of 10? Obviously, it was only the F1 this weekend. So, um, Abby, I'll start with you because you've seen it all as it happened. I have. I have. Um, It was a good weekend, especially the race. There were some good on-track battles, obviously, as a McLaren fan, I'm very happy with the result of the race. Um, but out of the whole season so far, I've rated this one a 6.5 out of 10. So not average, a bit above average, but nothing too special for my liking. 
Mm. 6.5, very precise, Abby. Um, And James, what would you give it? Oh, yeah, there was no F2 to do the heavy lifting. It was fine. I'm going to have to stay true to the McKenzie rating system and I'll give it a five. It was fine. Like, we've had a Constructors' Champion crowned, one that we knew was going to happen since March. Max one, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it seems to be back to to normal programming, doesn't it? Um, But I'm going to give it... I'll give it a... Yeah, it's in between a six and a seven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the same as Abby, six point five. I thought the uh, the race action Very was precise. Good. Yeah, yeah. If if um if there wasn't all of that fun happening behind Max, then yeah, it would have been a a little lower than that. But Abby, would you like to run us through what happened in practice and qualifying? So obviously coming from Singapore, it was very clear that Max Verstappen and Red Bull were back on their form this weekend as Verstappen topped all three practice sessions. McLaren were also looking strong as well as Ferrari. In FP1, not a lot really to take away from it apart from Verstappen and McLaren's pace. FP2, however, did see a red flag after Pierre Gasly crashed and went into the barriers, which brought the session to an early end. And then FP3, again, not much to take away from it. With qualifying Q1, Verstappen was quickest of them all. But there was a red flag because Logan Sargent crashed, I think, for the second time in like the last four weekends in qualifying. And it brought the session to a halt. And the Ferraris had to abort their lap. Lots of drivers had their lap times deleted. And it was Bottas, Stroll, Hulkenberg, Show, and Sargent out of Q1. Yeah, it's, it's another less than ideal weekend for Logan. Um, you know, he started pretty promisingly and then. I think the heat was taken off him maybe as he started to struggle by Nick DeVries struggling a bit more. But yeah, the attention is very much on him now. I think that's the thing. And like last year in F2, towards the final stages of the season, there was a lot of pressure on him because he needed those super license points to get an F1 seat. And in the last five rounds, he failed to finish at least one race because of this added pressure and he just kept making little mistakes. And now, now he's got his F1 seat, but the pressure is on him to keep that F1 seat because he doesn't have a secured drive for next year. And like you say, now with Nick DeVries out and Piastri performing so well, he is the rookie that everyone is looking at going, okay, he's not performing quite as well as the others. And I feel like he lets the pressure get to him on track and he keeps making these mistakes, which is a shame to see. Yeah, I mean, you feel like we obviously don't know what's going on inside Williams, inside the garage, but everything they were saying outwardly up until this point has been very supportive of him. They've done everything they can to ease the pressure on him. Uh, they said, you know, we we brought him in a year earlier than maybe we would have wanted to. And it was very much a learning year for him. And it looked like he was, you know, pretty much set for next year. Obviously, now the longer it goes on without a contract announcement, yeah, maybe that pressure is growing, whether or not, whatever they're saying to him behind closed doors. But it's the money, I think, that is the biggest thing. You know, he's not as quick as Alex. That would to be maybe, yeah, be expected, if not a whitewash that we've currently got in there, quality head-to-heads. But it's the money, the crashes. Williams can't afford that. You know, Latifi wasn't quick, but at least he didn't really crash too often. And yeah, the, you know, in a cost cap era, it's uh, it's not ideal. 
Well, speaking of that, Albon then made it into Q2 um, while Sargent was out. Um, Sonoda was looking to have a bit of pace in Q2 in front of his home crowd. Leclerc topped the session and it was very close between Liam Lawson and Alonso. But Alonso was the one who managed to set a faster time and got into Q3. So it was Lawson, Gasly, Albon, Ocon and Magnussen out of Q2. That is the only session, I think, that... Max didn't top across the entire weekend. Is that right? I think he had P1, yes. P2, P3. Not to spoil Q3 for you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Charles edging him by what, 24 thousandths is uh, all that kept him from a clean sweep. Yeah. Also in, in, in um, Q2, I noticed it seemed like Sergio Perez was coming back a bit. Um, he was only just behind Max. And I, that was the first time in the weekend I actually thought, okay, Perez might actually have some pace here. But um... Yeah, but Max didn't do a second run, did he? No, 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 he didn't bother. Um, Good point. (laughs) Well, going into Q3, Perez didn't perform quite as well as his teammate. So Verstappen took pole position, and I think he was like half a second quicker than Piastri, who got P2. Obviously, he has been on the front row earlier this year in the Spa sprint race, but this is the first time in an actual Grand Prix qualifying. Norris then took P3, Leclerc P4, Perez P5, Sainz P6, Hamilton P7, Russell P8, Sonoda P9, and Alonso P10. Yeah, I mean, look at the pace on those McLarens. Um, And... You know, we we know Oscar Piastri is a good driver, but now he's got those upgrades that he didn't have last week. He's he's I mean, only just, but he has pipped Lando Norris. Um, Piastri is he, he's I'm telling you, he's going to be a future world champion. There is something about this guy to be performing like this so soon into his his F1 career and beating his teammate. It's it's just it's lovely to watch. It is, and I can see him winning a race before Lando does I feel like Oscar will be the first McLaren driver to win a race out of those two that's that's a shout that's a hot take right there Right, mark the note, Ollie. Uh, was it 24th of September? We'll refer back to this if you're <laughs> right or if you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, Lando had his chance back in Russia, didn't he? And the um, yeah, he 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 really messed that one up. I can um, see what, where you're coming from, Abby. Like, I can. It feels like one of those things where it's just not quite happening for Lando. Kind of similar yeah. to, to, I think maybe Jensen early in his career, and he'll have to wait, and he will get it eventually. But yeah, maybe he'll just get pipped again, like you know, Daniel, he outperformed him for two years and then it was Daniel who got the win. Um, One thing that was sort of surprising, I think, was how much the Mercedes were struggling. Um, P7 and P8, I mean, that's not, that's not where they want to be, especially with McLaren up there. Um, Ferrari becoming more and more competitive as well. Um, What were the troubles for Mercedes this weekend? It was never a track that was going to suit them. I mean, they, they struggle with high speed corners, high speed changes of direction. And yeah, I mean, that is sector one. They were losing eight tenths alone in one sector to max. Uh, that is brutal. Uh, yeah, I don't think they expected much from this weekend, but, you know, still disappointing to be, like you say, it's it's McLaren with the same engine in the back, putting them to shame. And who started the season behind them as well? That's the, the bit that's not a good look. No, not at all. And Toto Wolf wasn't there this weekend, was he? He was recovering from knee surgery. And um, I think he's going to need to recover from heart surgery after what happened in the race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when, this week we... James and I missed the national anthem, so we're going to have to skip this segment. Um, but Abby, I mean, you can tell us, what did you think of it? <laughs> it was it was 
was all right. I've rated it a six out of ten. It was respectable, has history, because I think they said it was written in like 1880. And it was short and sweet. So, yeah. You didn't really miss much. much. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was rapidly scrambling down the stairs trying to get the TV on just as it finished. So yeah, I missed that one. But Abby's rated it a six out of ten. So that is the world's shortest national anthem review. And let's get on to the race. So it was a bit of a crazy start to the race. Abby, do you want to talk us through what happened in the opening couple of corners? Yes. So to start with, there were only 19 cars lined up on the grid because Sargent had to start from the pit lane because of his crash in qualifying. And he was also given a 10 second penalty because Williams broke the third car rule. But it was Sonoda, Alonso, Lawson, Bottas, Stroll, Hulkenberg and Joe all on the soft tyre compound and everyone else was on the mediums. And when the lights went out, Verstappen managed to keep the lead. He blocked off Piastri, which allowed Norris to come up on the outside and then they went wheel to wheel for a bit, but Verstappen ultimately managed to keep Norris behind, but he managed to get ahead of Piastri, so he was then in P2. Perez was then... Squeezed by Sainz, who was kind of trying to get ahead of Leclerc. And then, as a result, Perez hit Hamilton, which meant that Hamilton had a bit of damage. And I think Perez had a bit of damage as well. And then things... There was just a chain reaction of events. Because Bottas then made contact with Ocon. And then he was squeezed in between Ocon and Albon. Albon's car then went in the air a bit. And then... There was debris on the track. Bottas had a puncture. A safety car came out. Further back, you had Lawson and Sonoda battling each other with Lawson getting ahead. And it was all a bit chaotic. I'm, I'm glad you summarised that one, Abby, because I couldn't have done it as well as, uh, <laughs> as, well as you there. Um, yeah, I think the, the McLarens, I mean, they had a really, really good start. And I... It was almost like they were working together, right, to get, to get Max. And I did think Lando was going to have him, but just just the rails that that Red Bull were on, he just he just could hold on to it. Max, ultimately, that was the end of the race, really. Um, off he went into the distance. But further, further down, Perez, it wasn't really his fault what happened at the start of the race. Now, there is a bit of a Perez theme going to continue through this podcast, <laughs> as there usually is, but... It wasn't his fault. He got squeezed, right? Yeah, I think the first movement to the left was too sharp. Like if you watch it back, that one, which didn't actually end in the contact, was a little bit too yeah sudden for a run down to the first corner. But he got away with that one, and then yeah, there wasn't really much he could do in terms of yeah ending up squeezing Lewis because Carlos was coming across. One of those things. It's quite often the way in Suzuka. You know, we see this many a time. It's just. It's a narrow-ish track and that short run and then the kind of increasingly tight first-hand corner. Like, it, it just always seems to end in a bit of carnage. Uh, it's a great, like, first corner. It's always really interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I've just watched it back then. You know, you've got the Ferraris battling. You've got um, the battle at the front. I mean, it is just all going off. Lewis Hamilton even dips a wheel into the grass after Perez hit him. And to be able to keep that on track, that was um, that was a hairy moment. I'm surprised, to be honest, that that car stayed on the track. And then, yeah, it all it all continues uh, in, in the background. But it was a good race start. These are the type of race starts we like to see, not just uh, a procession into the first hairpin. And then um, it just continues from there. Well, yeah, the, the fact that they could fill the entire safety car with various replays of all the, the chaos that went on, kind of, mm. yeah, shows that. Yeah. 
I think most people probably would have gone and got a cup of coffee at that point. Right, safety cars out, coffee time. Um, Abby, what did you think of the start? Did you think anyone was at fault or it was just chaos? I think it's just a racing incident. It's just the opening lap going into turn one. Like you say, Perez couldn't help that incident with Hamilton because he did get squeezed and it was just a chain reaction. One thing happened, which then caused loads of things to happen further back. Yeah, so when the safety car came in, um, Verstappen had a fantastic start and it's always more difficult at Suzuka because you've got that um, chicane towards the end where naturally you would go off from. If you suddenly increase your speed after 130R, you then lose the reference for your braking point because you might not be going the same speed as before. So it makes it more difficult. But I thought Verstappen did it brilliantly. Um, he pulled out almost a second on on the McLaren behind him. But it was in what we thought was Bottas making a mistake and just going off into um, into the gravel. But upon the replay, we realised, we go back to our friend from qualifying, Logan Sargent had punted him off. I mean, it it wasn't a good look, was it? Let's be honest. No, it was a lock-up. Again, rookie mistake, as you'd say. But, you know, uh, did you see the shots of the Williams mechanics after his crash in qualifying yesterday? And there was a guy literally just with his head in his hands. He looks distraught. And that's a man who's just learned that he's not going to be out partying in Japan on Saturday night. He's going to be up all night, as we <laughs> saw from that uh, building a third car yeah. uh, rule break. And then only to see it then just immediately get smashed into another car. It must be just, yeah, testing the patience of the Williams mechanics. Yeah. And what we didn't mention was Perez obviously had to pit uh, during the safety car. Sorry, I missed that bit. Um, dropping him to the back of the field. So it was going to be a recovery drive for Perez, but it didn't turn up to turn out to be that. It was a drive of destruction because what he decided to do was copy Logan Sargent. Um, so unable to get past uh, the hass of Kevin Magnussen over multiple laps, which should have been pretty easy. Um, he then decided to punt him off as well. I mean, Perez... I'm not sure what was going through his head today, but it, whatever it was, it didn't work. It's a rookie mistake from someone in their 251st Grand Prix, isn't it? So that, yeah, it, it was all pretty like scruffy from from Checo in in and around that moment. Obviously, the first lap we said, you know, not maybe not too much he could do, but then he's he so he overtook under the safety car on the way into the pit lane, uh, which got him a five second penalty. Then, I mean, they, initially they thought it was him coming out of the pit lane because he did pass people in in that moment too, and then gave him back, and then he's smashed into Kevin and spun him off and and himself another five second penalty. Yeah. What I found funny was Perez over the radio after hitting Magnuson, he was so annoyed that he damaged another that he had damage to another front ring. And I was like, well, that's your own fault. Yeah, like it's not Magnuson's fault. Hit another car. <laughs> if you don't want damage, yeah, don't hit anyone. Um but yeah, then he retired on lap 15. So it wasn't a great weekend for him at all. After putting on his third front wing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. he didn't permanently retire. Well, no. here we go. We might as well we might as well get to this, because this was um how did I put it at the time? Nonsense is what I said at the time. <laughs> um nonsensical. How on earth can a driver retire? And then come back. So my first point on this is if you've got to retire a car, it means it's, you can no longer drive it, right? There's a terminal issue. I've never seen someone go back to the pits, fix an issue and come out. How many laps was it? Something like 10 laps afterwards? It was, I think it was even more than that. Yeah. it's It feels like one of those loopholes again. 
that somehow hasn't come up in the last 73 years. Like, it's just, I, I'm guessing they'll address it because it, it's not, again, it's not a good look that a, a driving go, actually, I don't fancy a, a grid penalty next race. I'll just pop back out for a lap, do a pit stop, serve my five second ten, uh, time penalty, and then go back into the pits. Like, He's, he, the whole point of a penalty is to punish the driver who's committed the error. And that's not a punishment, apart from the fact that he had to abandon his cup of tea or whatever he was having out, back in the garage. I think the punishment was Helmet Marco putting him back out again. But. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, he retired on lap 15. He then came back out on like lap 43 and then retired again on lap 45. So it was a massive chunk of time he was in the garage and then he was like, okay, I'll come out. No, I won't actually, I'll come back in. So. Yeah, so as James said, um, it was Red Bull, and they did contact the FIA to to check that this was something they could do. Um, and the FIA said, yes, if you come back out, serve your penalty, then you know there'll be nothing outstanding as such. And this five-second penalty could have sort of been carried over into, into the next race as a grid penalty, but it was only could. So they were doing this as just you know risk management. Um, but the point is, they did check with the FIA. They called them up and just checked it. What I did, what I have read since, and we are recording just after it's finished, but I have read that they are now looking to close that loophole before the next race. But it's just very convenient timing, really. And I've already seen all the conspiracy theorists online going on about how Red Bull get preferences and just magically know all of these loopholes. It's just uh, another, yeah, bit of fanning the flames there where, you know, particularly recently after... The the stewards came out and admitted they were wrong not to give Max a grid penalty last weekend, which obviously set uh, F1 social media alight with conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's just another thing. And yeah, I I don't think they'll care, though, too much. Absolutely not. I mean, Perez's performance in the race was absolutely terrible. And even Christian Horner, uh, there was no hiding it. You know, after the race, he was said, yep, it was an awful day. He was even listing all the things that Perez had done wrong. Um, but, you know, they have just won the World Constructors' Championship pretty much, um, you know, with Max uh, getting all the points in by himself. Um, what else have I got on my list? Mercedes, George and Lewis. Uh, it seemed like the gloves were off today. There was a lot of battling, a lot of moaning, a lot of pushing each other around. Um, now... It's a shame Toto wasn't there because we would have had some great images of Bose headphones being smashed. But did you guys think this got too close? Do you think that it was good battling? And do you think it hindered um, their actual performance through the race? I think it was good battling. I mean, I don't like it when teammates of teams that I like battle each other because I always think that they're going to take each other out and then that just gets me very stressed. But they were very respectable and they didn't make contact. And it was an entertaining battle to watch between them. Obviously, at one point, Russell did say, like, who are we fighting? Are we fighting each other or are we going to fight others? Um, And then towards the end, there was Hamilton behind Russell. And he was like, I need to get past. And Russell said, well, why can't we wait till the final lap? So there were little disputes between them. But it was entertaining seeing them battle on track. But I do think it ultimately did hinder their race because it wasn't an amazing race for Mercedes. It wasn't awful, but I feel like they could have done a lot more if they hadn't spent time like quabbling with each other. I don't think it probably cost either of them a position in truth. Yeah, a few seconds, but I don't think Lewis would have caught Charles if he had been immediately past George as he came up to the back of him. And similarly, yeah, it maybe cost George a couple of seconds in that incident in Spoon, spoon Curve. 
spoon corner spoon curve you know that corner uh, <laughs> it's definitely spoon yeah it uh, is let's spoon. say in spoon um uh yeah that that cost him a couple of seconds but then obviously he he just chose to go on to the alternate strategy he said after the race i saw that he thinks the three stop maybe would have been slightly quicker than the one stop as an alternate strategy but obviously his his hand was kind of forced by the fact that yeah lewis came in for his stop and so obviously it was a, a case of going long and hoping for a safety car, which which never really came. I think fifth and seventh was about as much as they could hope for. And they had Checo to thank for that, not being sixth and eighth. So moving on to the Ferraris, it, they had a good race, not great. And they were sort of in the mix all the way through with the Mercedes. It was who's, who was going to ultimately come out on top. What did you think of the Ferraris this weekend? And do you think there's any mistakes that they made? I know that there were a couple of questions over their strategy. Uh, it was okay. Uh, it was... I don't think there was anything wrong really with the strategy. Uh, there's not much to say about Ferrari no, this weekend, is there? Not. <laughs> it was a bit underwhelming, you know, after the the kind of glory of last weekend mm. and them, you know, finally finding their their feet again. Yeah, it was. They were a bit anonymous, really. Carlos looked very quick at the end, but couldn't quite get past Lewis, and Charles kind of went about his business, but never really threatened the McLarens. Yeah, they've had worse weekends. They've chipped away a little bit at the the gap to Mercedes in the battle for P2. So that's something. And maybe that's what they'll be focused on now. Yeah, so I guess one other talking point we can bring up. So we in our last show, we were talking about the Alpha Tauri lineup um, and who we think should be in the seat. But this weekend, they announced that it will be Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo for next year. But Liam Lawson outperformed Tsunoda this weekend. And... I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> how do you feel about it? <laughs> it's it's a shame because it was Sonoda's home race. So it would have been nice to see him be the top Alpha Tauri driver in Japan. But I feel like you just have to give credit to Lawson. It's almost like he's gone, okay, you've signed me as reserve. I'm going to show you why you should have signed me as a full-time driver. Mm. Because he just keeps performing and I think he finished 11th so whilst it was Snowden 12th he was only one place off of a points finishing position but yeah credit to Lawson I'd like to see what happened between the two of them because I think they were on slightly different strategies I think maybe similar to Alonso Lawson came in early uh, and then Yuki like kind of really quickly came up to the back of him but then sat just behind him for I don't know, maybe 15, 20 laps at the end and never got past. Uh, the only time we saw them was when they were getting lapped by Max just towards the end. And yeah, I mean, but however it happened, again, yeah, great credit to Liam. It's another really impressive performance and he'll certainly be knocking on the door. And yeah, I think if whoever performs the worst next year out of the, the Red Bull stable is going to be very much looking over their shoulder at him. Oh, and the, the battle on the, the first lap between them was great, by the way. That was that was epic. So McLaren's had an amazing day today, finishing both on the podium. Oscar Piastri was voted driver of the day. What did you make of their race, James? Did you think it was an, uh, a, a, an outstanding performance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they're showing they can do it on every kind of track. They, you know, they were very strong in Singapore, and then they've been very strong in Suzuka. And you see the Mercedes, obviously, like the difference between those two tracks, very noticeable for them. But McLaren, are just it, it does feel like they have the second best car now consistently. Obviously, yeah, it was Carlos who managed to, to come away with the win last week. But I think overall, over the second half of the season, they are now 
the best of the rest. And it'll be interesting to see if they can catch Aston Martin before the end of the season. I think what's most impressive about McLaren is how far they've come since Bahrain. Like, if you look at Bahrain, Lando finished 17th and Piastri retired from it. And now they both got a podium today. Lando's had quite a few podiums this season. And it's just, like, at the beginning, I thought they were the worst car because they were not performing and they had not reached the expectations that people have. But now they are definitely the most consistent, I'd say, other than Red Bull, obviously, and the strongest, fastest car on track. Yes, they're behind in the standings, but they have cemented themselves definitely ahead of Alpine. And now they are banging on the door of Aston Martin and that. But it's just really impressive how far those upgrades have actually improved their car and performance. Yeah, I mean, imagine saying after the first few races that McLaren might nick the well might end up above Aston come the end of the season you wouldn't have believed it it's, like I said they were back markers everyone was talking about all right Lando's off then and now he's you know yeah probably t- the closest to being able to take it to Max at the moment uh, and he did yeah just a, a word for Lando he did very well in the race having been pipped by Oscar yesterday it was a, a, an impressive showing he obviously as we said nicked second place at the first corner then yeah oscar got a bit lucky with the vsc coming out just as he came into the pits which put him back in front but yeah lando was just clearly the quicker driver and credit to oscar though he didn't uh fight it when the team told them to swap to positions and ended up quite a way down the road i think that's maybe why he was a little uh subdued although he's quite a, a subdued character in general uh, with his first podium so we had five dnfs in this race um abby would you like to run through them and and why they dnf'd yes so albon was one of them and i think his was from damage from the opening laps and the contact with that sergeant obviously from hitting Bottas and damage with that. Stroll, I think, I don't think it was ever really explained. I think the commentators said that Aston Martin were looking at the car and had seen something about the rear and that it wasn't safe to continue. It was the rear wing, I think. Uh, they told Alonso. Mm. Rear wing to, failure, yep. Yeah, to be careful over the curbs because of the rear wing. Yeah, sure. go faster, but be careful. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I don't think improved his mood. <laughs> yeah. We had a few yeah. uh, Fernando ish radio yeah. calls. And then Perez, obviously, we've spoken about Perez. And then can you just can you tell me why he retired though, Abby? Because he was able to come back out. So why did he retire? Go back to my previous point. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, d- I don't know. No, no they one fixed knows. the damage with yeah. changing the nose and the front wing. So mm. yeah, because I th- I thought you had to have a a reason to be able to retire. Yeah, and then like you say, yeah, they fixed it. And oh, yeah, it's so weird seeing like the nineteenth place driver kind of plus mm. five laps. But, but in the race and then below loads of people retired I've never seen that I don't think. it was basically Red Bull going well we've got no chance of getting any points here whatsoever so let's just retire the car but if everyone did that then you'd only have I don't know 12 cars each yeah. race yeah. But, so it makes no sense to me exactly um, and then Bottas after being hit by Sergeant, he had poor Bottas he had lots of issues this race with the puncture and then the contact and that it just wasn't his day 
Poor Bottas, as you said. Um, but it was Max who won, and he won in just Max style. I mean, he was so far ahead. 19.3 uh, seconds ahead of Lando Norris, he finished. And as we've said, it secured the Constructors' Championship for Red Bull. So congratulations to the entire Red Bull team who have built an absolute rocket ship this year. I don't think there's any taking it away from them. I mean, guys, what are your thoughts on, on Red Bull and their, their dominance? Um, it, it's... It's a level above what I think we've seen before. I think it might be. Um, obviously, they're not now going to manage to win every race in the season, but if they do clean sweep the rest of them, that would certainly be the highest percentage if they've just missed out one of 22. Uh, and you can definitely see them doing it. I imagine Max is going to break his own record for the most wins in a season, which is 15. He's already up to 13 out of 16 currently. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a perfect combination of man and machine at the moment and it's kind of fitting in a way that this is the way that they clinch the ties for max doing it single-handedly because that's basically what he's done this year checo having an absolute nightmare and not yeah <laughs> retiring twice from the race where they uh clinch the championship is is yeah very apt what james said i don't really have much to add <laughs> it's actually quite close by max's standards like 19 seconds i think lewis said didn't he in the press conference he was like oh if they don't win by 30 seconds then it will be uh a miracle so only 19 it's actually you know pretty close run race and statistically perez can still win the championship so guys what do you think the odds are of uh of that happening very, I'm very curious low. about that. I feel like it could be like five thousand to one. I'm trying to think like the bookmakers here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no hope really, unless unless something absolutely insane happens. Um, I think this year's in the bag for Max Verstappen. Leg and break, yes, you know, Michael Schumacher leg break. That's the only thing. And then even then, Checo would still have to win every race, which he doesn't look capable of doing. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I mean. I just don't. I, it's not going to happen. Um, but. Yeah, I think Max, he deserves absolutely everything. And it's just so interesting to see Perez, who I know we've given him a lot of stick, and especially today he's taken a lot of stick from everyone. But he's driving the same car as Max, and it just goes to show how incredible Max is as a racing driver. And I just don't think you can take anything away from him. It's perfection of man and machine. Like you said, James, it's absolutely incredible as he looked for the odds in the background. Um, Abby, I mean, what's your thoughts on Max today? It was just Max. It's almost like he's gone, okay, Singapore, I didn't win. Let's forget about that. I'm coming back with a vengeance. I'm going to beat you all and dominate like I have been all season. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, it was almost like he wasn't even in the race. You know, as soon as he got a little bit ahead, the cameras weren't on him. I, did we see his pit stop? I think we did see his pit stop, but that was about it. It was it was almost like we were saying, you know, if Max wasn't in this championship, it would be much more exciting. Again, nothing against Max, but that's sort of how the TV coverage was today. It was like, okay, he's off. Right, let's film the rest of the stuff that's going on. That is the case because... It's for fans. It's not entertaining just watching Max just drive idly by, like with no one to battle with, because he doesn't have anyone to battle with. It's much more entertaining watching those further behind. So we don't see much of Max, which is a shame because he is dominating and doing so well. But at the end of the day, he's just out front, miles ahead of everybody else. So let's move on to our drivers of the day. Um, Abby, I will go to you first today. Thank you. So, 
I was thinking Piastri, but then because that was the people's one, I was like, okay, I'll go with someone else. George um, Russell. <laughs> no. <laughs> I listed three. Piastri was one. I'm going to go with Lando Norris because I'm a McLaren fan. He did really well. He got another podium. He had some good battles on track. He had a great reaction time. I think his reaction time was faster than Max's off the line. Um, so, yeah, Lando Norris. Okay, James? Sergio Perez. <laughs> um, I think you've, you've got to give it to Max. Yeah, Oscar's had his driver of the day uh, from the people, as Abby said. I'll be interested to see who you pick. Um, I had one more in my mind that I thought was worth mentioning. But yeah, I mean, Max, it was just a, a perfect performance. It was a, a 10 out of 10, really. He can't say much. He can't do any more. So that's the thing. He, he has to get the odd driver of the day, even if he does win all the races. We don't normally give it to him. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he can't drive any better than he's driving. Um, I was actually going to give it to Max, so you've completely thrown me here because I didn't think you were going to go for Max. So I haven't even got my backup ready. Um, I will go for... um, Who will I go for? Well, I'm going to go with the fans, Piastri, because who were you going to go for? Who was your alternative? I was going to say, I think Lewis deserves a mention for driving a damaged car up to fifth. That was my other one. Yeah, I, I think that was worthy of a mention. And also, you know, Liam. Yeah, well, Liam was my backup, but I feel like I'm fanboying Liam at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, he is my new favourite driver, so I didn't want to give it to him again. But uh, OK, yeah, no, some good shouts there. Um, Abby, would you like to go through the championship standings? I know that the, the, it's pretty predictable at the top, but um, fill us in with the rest of it. So with the constructors, obviously, Red Bull are number one. They won it today. You then have Mercedes in second, Ferrari in third, but it's quite close between those two. Aston is in fourth, McLaren fifth, a lot of points ahead of Alpine in sixth, Williams are in seventh, Haas in eighth, Alfa Romeo in ninth, and Alfa Tari in tenth. So do you guys think, I'll put you on the spot now, McLaren are going to steal fourth from Aston, and do you think Ferrari will steal second from Mercedes? Let's get our official predictions with, what, six races to go. Yeah, I think Mercedes will keep keep second. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. And the other one was, will McLaren take Aston? The answer for me is yes. Yeah, McLaren will definitely take Aston. They seem to have swapped Aston are going a bit downhill in the second half of the season. I think it will be very close between Mercedes and Ferrari, but I do think Mercedes will be able to hold out and keep second place. Okay, and the drivers, Abby. Max is in first on exactly 400 points. Perez is second, Hamilton third, Alonso fourth, Sainz in fifth, Leclerc in sixth, Lando Norris and George Russell on 115 points in seventh and eighth. Piastri is in ninth and Stroll is in tenth. Okay, so coming up, we have got the Qatar Grand Prix. That is not next weekend, but the following one. And then for the rest of the season, we have got the US Grand Prix in Austin, followed by Mexico. Brazil, always a good one. We have then got the very first Las Vegas Grand Prix in this generation anyway uh on that track and then it is abu dhabi i saw james as soon as i said the very first las vegas grand prix was like no no mate no (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair it's the first las vegas it was caesar's palace wasn't it officially so technically correct thank god for that um guys what are you expecting for the rest of the season do you think we're going to have um some some exciting races battles to the end uh i'm i 
We've spoken about Las Vegas before and, you know, what we think about it. And it's a bit mixed, but I am fascinated now on the prospect of the fact that they're all bricking it seemingly over the fact it's going to be really, really cold. I always said like I, I thought they should do a Finnish Grand Prix because there are so many Finnish drivers in F1 and it would be fascinating to see. You know, we've seen some incredible Grand Prix in the past where the, it was unusually cold, uh, like the the Turkish Grand Prix where they're all driving on ice and stuff. And it seems like it might be like that in Vegas. So that has made the Vegas maybe my standout Grand Prix now for the rest of the year, just to see what happens there. Because it could be a, like a total lucky dip. I think... I'm still holding out for Brazil to be a really good race. The Sao Paulo track is one of my favourite tracks on the calendar. Um, but we still have three street uh, sprint races as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the drivers fare with that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the second half. I'm also looking forward to seeing how uh, what weird way Max wins the, the title in two weeks' time. <laughs> like. So he can he can get it in the sprint race, and I feel like yeah. something will happen where they're not sure if he's won it or not, because that's just tradition at this point. Yeah, it's his third time. Well, a third time lucky, surely. But sprint race, you never know with sprint races. If it's a half, what happens if it's a half race? Do they get half sprint points? There you that go. That'll be it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be it. That'll really throw um, the, the the teams into disarray, and no one will know. Um, you did mention the the, the Las Vegas Grand Prix and, and the temperature. Now, it's being plugged as a Saturday night Grand Prix, but it's not if you live uh, in the UK or in Europe. It's actually a really early Sunday morning Grand Prix at the same time as the Japanese Grand Prix. So all those people thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have my mates around for Saturday night at Las Vegas Grand Prix. No, you're not, unless you party really hard and go through the night. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure. I'm looking forward to getting up that early again, but we will see. Um, we will be back with you during the week with all sorts of different shows. We, I don't think we've planned what we're doing yet, but we will uh, we'll bring you shows for the next couple of weeks until the next race. But until then, Abby, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And James? Thank you. And uh, looking forward to having Sam back, we hope, at some point during that two weeks. Yes, he will be back. And he has just been in Vegas. He has. He has. So you can um, give us the lowdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go. Sports Social Podcast Network.